What's up, guys? Luke Castillo from Entrepreneur Athletes here with Isaiah Nunez, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we want to talk about our coaching philosophy, or lack thereof, in a sense. Um, basically, we want to err on the side of undercoaching instead of overcoaching, and there's many reasons for this, and we'll dive into it, but Bug, do you have any initial thoughts? Well, I mean, just like you said, we'd prefer to err on the side of undercoaching um, when Obviously, we both played, um, but when we were playing, um, we didn't want to be that coach who would give so many cues that you didn't know pretty much what to do with your body. You know, um, this is my first year coaching, um, and that's one of the things that I told myself. And I really want to want to err on the side of like under coaching, like we said. I don't yeah. want to be that guy who's yelling at you every time I see something wrong. Yeah, I think uh, there's definitely. Just before even I really thought about coaching philosophy or why we do this, just from my own playing experience, it was funny to me how the kid that played shortstop or the kid that played center field that never pitched, that would come in for that one inning per year, would be throwing hard with good mechanics. And you're like, well, you haven't even worked on this. Why, why is that? And more times than not, we'll see kids that haven't had a lot of coaching. They come in to throw and they've got pretty good mechanics. And then you'll have a kid that's been overcoached or gone to private lessons their whole life and they're now a high schooler or maybe even college and they're so robotical and they're mechanical and it basically takes away from their athleticism so the human body is pretty incredible and especially if you put it in a constrained environment and kind of guide it towards the direction you want it to go the most human people will be able to figure out the task at hand and optimize the movement to accomplish that task so in a nutshell, we basically have different drills and constraints in those drills to guide our athletes uh, to the quote-unquote mechanics that we're trying to have them achieve without having to sit there and tell them, all right, I want you to retract your scap at the same time you start striding and you know create horizontal adduction with your throwing arm and then uh, create tension in your backside and hip hinge. And then when you land, I want you to brace your front leg and create some positive connection with your glove side as your uh, throwing arm goes into external rotation. Like that's way too many cues. And, um, you know, if you think about a computer, as you've said before, and if you have too many tabs open on your computer, you're trying to do too many things, you're, the computer's going to be slow, it's not going to fire, especially at game speed, which is what we're optimally trying to do. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get them out of that. We're trying to get that, make it as simple and as basic as possible so that like you said, they can optimize their performance and let their body just figure out how to best utilize it, right? The mind is like one of the most powerful things. And I mean, everybody knows that, but like it's a, like you said, it's a processor. It has to process what you're saying. It has to um, try and digest it and then spit it out as best as it can. And if, like you said, all these tabs are open and you give them all these cues, it's just not gonna run properly and you're gonna, you're gonna trip over your own feet almost. Right. I mean, it's kind of the same thing, an example I always give is running, right? If you had all these cues that you were trying to think of while you were running, all right, I need to lift my left knee to exactly 18 inches above my left hip at the time that my right elbow comes up and has to be in sync, and then you're going to freaking not be running at your best speed because you're going to be thinking about all these things. But if you're in a room and a tiger came through the door and you had to run for your life, you'd probably have pretty good mechanics. So we kind of – we – prefer external cues instead of internal cues so we can get them thinking outside of their body instead of inside their body. 
We prefer to kind of put them in an environment that's going to bring out the you know mechanics that we want of them, and just kind of allow repetition over time, and their body will slowly adjust more and more to adapt and have success doing certain drills, and then it translates to the mound or uh, the batter's box on the hitting side. So that's kind of where we almost view ourselves as guardrails, like on a bowling lane. Um, we're just kind of trying to keep you on the path towards the pins, but we're not there to move you. We're not, you know, moving the ball each step of the way. And so if we see you do something drastically wrong or something that, you know, might cause injury if you're throwing a heavy ball and you've just got really bad mechanics or just really, you know, flying open or something, we'll jump in and we'll say a thing or two. But after that initial coaching, we kind of take a back seat, let the drills do most of the work for us. And yeah, that's kind of it right there. There's not a whole lot that we feel the need to, like you said, step in. Um, but like you said, uh, two of the main reasons why we would want to step in is one injury. Uh, like you said, if there's anything super glaring that uh, may put you at risk or might hurt your arm, hurt your body in any way, uh, we're gonna step in, right? If you're like your form in the weight room, if you're gonna get crushed and you're gonna look like a bendy straw when you're doing a deadlift, <laughs> then we're gonna step in and tell you, hey, Take that weight off, like, that's not it. Um, two, if there's something very glaring or very obvious um, that can be addressed pretty quickly, um, we'll give you one or two cues and we'll let you run with that for a couple weeks. And if it cleans up, awesome, we did our job. If it didn't, then we'll give it a little more attention and uh, go from there. Right, and that's definitely where sort of the coaching knowledge or kind of our feel comes into play where it's like, all right, are they doing this drill poorly? to the extent where they, if they do it for a couple of weeks on their own, it'll probably clean up, or is it so bad that we need to step in right away and kind of make some adjustments? Um, and that's, yeah, kind of going back to the whole feel thing, kind of the coaching thing, it's kind of why that's kind of what I see our job as. Um, but another thing that's big for why we like to kind of almost undercoach is, we're not stupid, we know these kids are not gonna be in our gym every single day. We know in a couple of years, maybe they'll go off to college, Maybe their family will move, maybe they'll be in the pros, but when we can't, maybe even at their high school game, because we won't be there on the mound with them. Um, so at the end of the day, they have to be their own best coach, and if they're constantly looking at us after every single rep for verbal confirmation or a cue or just some sort of feedback, that's a habit that we want to break immediately because we know we're not going to be with them in a game. Yeah, and that's one thing that I would like to like, challenge coaches in general about is like let them fail like we we're scared to let guys fail most of the time that's your best teacher is failure right you, you preach all the time like you learn more when you fail than when you succeed so let them fail let them understand if they want to know why or what happened or what they can clean up let them know if they need a little guidance but yeah right and that want for feedback isn't really the player's fault. I feel like that's sort of the system. Yeah. And, you know, when we played, I'd always had a coach in my ear during a bullpen or, you know, during batting practice or whatever, getting that feedback. So most of these kids are kind of conditioned to get used and to get that feedback from mm -hmm. coaches. So that's kind of where we want to shake things up mm -hmm. and allow these kids to kind of not be on an island by themselves. Like we're here if they ever have questions or anything like mm -hmm. that. But if, you know, they, they spike a change up in a bullpen, and they look at us and might be like, all right, get back on the mound, throw it again. Yeah. Let's see if you can make the adjustment right now. And if they spike three or four, 
we might give them a simple cue of, hey, if you're looking at the glove, let's look at the catcher's face mask. Let's just raise our sights a little bit. Nothing about, hey, I want you to pronate earlier. I want you to, you know, anything internally that's going to mess up with their athletic ability. Yeah, that's the main thing is keeping the internal and the external cues. You know, one, stay away from the internal cues. Uh, we like to keep it external as much as possible. That's why we like to constraint drill so much. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I go back to a video I saw Kershaw a couple of years ago where he was just talking about if you're trying to hit the outside corner with a pitch and you're thinking, okay, I need to hit that spot. I need to like reach out and hit that spot and you're so just like focused on it, that's the last place it's going to go. Mm -hmm. But if instead you kind of have in the back of your mind an idea of where you want to throw the ball and you throw the ball as hard as you can mm -hmm. with that external cue, it's usually going to end up somewhere around that zone more times than not. And so that's kind of being able to take out the sort of like, I need to, the need to kind of perfect everything. Like, yes, we're trying to achieve certain movement patterns, but not at the expense of having, the, having athleticism and having a motor of doing it aggressively. Right, there's a, there's a time and place definitely to focus on, like, and focus on what you want to do. Um, but on the field, like, that should be your competition time, right? It shouldn't be focused on, okay, am I getting this? Am I, am I doing this correctly? Is my pelvis loaded? Am I, is my trunk staying stacked? Like, stop. You're on the field. You just have to compete. That's all you can do at this point. All your training's over with. You can't go back and take those reps. You have what you have, and you have to compete with it. Definitely. Something that I heard Ryan say yesterday, actually, that I really liked was if you're trying to achieve a new movement or, you know, doing a drill for the first time, it might be a little more mechanical the first or second time you do it. You're trying to really try to feel like, oh, what does it actually mean to get into scab retraction or, or whatever the drill may be? Um, but after you do it a couple times, you're challenging the athlete to start to blend away from so mechanical and just letting the athlete within them take over. Mm -hmm. uh, something Casey used to say is get sketchy with it. Mm -hmm. uh, when Steve and I first came here, we had pretty good driveline pivot pick mechanics like on paper, but we were so... You know, this elbow drive was so heavy that I was getting tricep pain, and he's like, oh, just get sketchy with it. I started getting a little more out here and just a little more whippy athletic, and it worked for me. So, yeah, I think just the, the biggest gripe that we've had so far with athletes that haven't fully enjoyed their experience with us is that we undercoach or that we're not coaching them enough, giving them direction, and that's kind of what we're going for. It's almost a compliment for us because that's kind of our philosophy, and there's a reason behind it, and we don't want to be a coach on a bucket standing over them during every bullpen, giving them a cue, telling them to point the ball to second base or, you know, some of the things that these coaches uh, tell these kids. So, um, yeah, that's kind of why we undercoach. Um, Bug, you got any thoughts for that? We recently took a poll um, in gym of uh, just to get a little feedback and how we can better ourselves. And one of the questions we did ask was, do the throwing trainers coach? And it was on a scale of one to five. And for the most part, it was in that three range. And that's where we want to live for the most part, right? We don't want to be extremely five and we don't want to be not saying a single word. But if we can throw a couple, couple cues in there or let them know what they're doing wrong and correctly or give them a little feedback, uh, if they have any questions, then that's where we should live. Yeah. I might have misspoke throughout this podcast and said that we don't coach at all. Obviously, we would coach here and there. Um, but it's definitely we want to err on the side of undercoaching. Something that, just to kind of final uh, to finish up here, something that the pitching ninja said recently was, um, I never want to leave someone worse off for having been coached by me. So I never want to say something 
that's going to change what they're doing already for the worse. Mm -hmm. And if you're not 100% convinced that the cue you're going to give them or what you're going to do when you step in and say something is going to better their career or their performance on the field, then you might want to give it some second thought. Yeah, it's better not to say if it's going to, if you don't know what you're talking about. Definitely. So that's kind of a wrap for our uh, philosophy and kind of why we err on the side of undercoaching. Um, at the end of the day, when in doubt, be athletic, have focus externally. And if you do something over and over again, whether it's baseball, whether it's walking, playing the guitar, you know, whatever it may be, if you do it over and over again, you're probably going to get better at it just from allowing your human body to adapt to the process. Yeah. So when in doubt, undercoach. But that's about it, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you. See ya.